We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. What's up, everybody? Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? Welcome back to another edition of the Budding Heads Podcast. I'm Steve Barrow. I am a writer for USA Today's Rams Wire. With me, as always, Rams Talk Managing Editor, Johnny Gomez. How we doing, man? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Uh, still miss football, but no worries because baseball season is coming. This is true. And, hey, it's Super Tuesday as we're recording, so... As everybody wants, this has got to be three hours of Super Tuesday discussion, right? Isn't that what Let's the get pe- it. isn't that what the people want? Um, don't stick to sports. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, people love phone calls and mail and emails from our lovely candidates. <laughs> we all love that. Oh yeah. Uh, okay. No, we're obviously not going to do that. It, don't if you shut it off turn it back on um we kind of had our shows get planned out for the last like five weeks so we don't have one today well we have a show planned out but no no themes here but johnny we are going to play my favorite off-season game today we played it last year a couple times and it's what we call do we give a shit where we read news stories and decide if we care or not. And I put news in air quotes. I, I, I'm i really loving this game. A timeless uh, I do, game. We, we gotta, I got to, you know, factor this in real life. You know, when I, when I get a phone call, uh, actually, when I get a phone call from representatives, be like, do I give a shit? <laughs> it's like... It's like in The Wire, for those who watched it, where when they wiretap, they have to, when they're listening to a phone call, they have to decide if it's pertinent or non-pertinent, 
which means like basically do they give a shit within like 30 seconds or something so like there's one episode where (laughs) they're like literally listening to this guy having phone sex and they should have said non-pertinent and hung up but then like after that after the whole thing went down (laughs) they like say something relevant to their case but they can't use it because they shouldn't have been listening <laughs> that uh, you know, I, I I'm not gonna lie. I bet that probably happens a lot. <laughs> and I actually, now that I think about it, I feel like they did use it. But like, there, if you ever watch The Wire, there's a lot of uh, blurred lines in that show. It's basically the whole theme of the show. Uh, but this isn't a Wire podcast. If you guys would like a Wire podcast, I will literally do a bonus episode every week just talking about the show. Just let me know. Um, but not today, I, but before we get into everything, don't forget, like, subscribe, give us a review wherever you're listening. If it's an Apple podcast, give us a five-star review, uh, take a screenshot, send it to us anywhere, email ramstalk9045 at gmail.com, Twitter at TalkRams, Facebook, RamsTalk. Uh, you submit that and you will be entered to win a Rams jersey. could be a throwback jersey now. Could wait till the New Jersey's come out. Whenever you want it, it's yours. You'll only have a chance if you give us the review uh, on Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm assuming you have to give a five-star review. But if you're not going to give a five-star review, hey, be honest. Whatever. Uh, we can take it. Um, anyways, oh, Johnny. Also, I finally did something I've been teasing for weeks on this podcast. I hopped Which on. <laughs> I hopped on uh, NFL Game Pass. Blew the dust off of that bad boy. Went into Week 17 and watched all of the Vikings' offensive snaps from their game against the Bears, where Sean Mannion made his first start since 2017 with the Rams against the Falcons. Also in Week 17. Uh, Sean Mannion has never started in a game not week 17. So this is a second career start. I said I was going to do it. I went in and I watched it. And I got to say, man, not bad. <laughs> but Wait. but <laughs> not who, the worst. Who are you and what have you done with Steve? Not the it's it was such a like it was so funny watching it. Like first of all, if you if you look at the box score, uh, not good, but he had two interceptions and a fumble. One of the interceptions, Mike Boone, the the running back who started this game, who, if you look at his box score, looks great. Uh, meanwhile, he dropped dropped this pass that turned into an interception. He dropped a pitch that turned into a fumble. Both went to Sean Mannion. The fumble wasn't like like the best pitch by Mannion, but any NFL running back should have been able to take that in. Um, and the interception was, it was a check down that Boone like bobbled, dr- brought to like near his legs. And then somebody like threw back up in the air and a uh, Bears defender hopped on it. Uh, it was, it was a very weird, it was not Sean Mannion's fault. And then the second interception was the last play of the game on a Hail Mary. But, like, he didn't miss a ton of throws. He was getting pressured. He was playing with the second string against the Bears starters. Uh, and the Bears have a pretty deep, decent defense to begin with. The Vikings' backup receivers are not very good. <laughs> but if you had to guess when Sean Mannion threw a pass that was, let's say, over 15 yards was, like even an attempt over 15 yards, at what point into the game do you think this would have happened? I'm going to assume at l- probably the first or second quarter. 10 minutes and 43 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Wow. Desperation <laughs> there mi- time. <laughs> there might have been something slightly over 15 yards. I don't even, I honestly don't think there was. He only threw 21 passes. They weren't throwing the ball that much. Uh, a lot of running game. Uh, Mike Boone had a, had a really good game outside of the turnovers. Um, and, and he also got safetyed. Which was not not a great look on him, but no, it usually isn't. <laughs> no, not entirely his fault. Not good, 
blocking up front, but like I like he really let Shaw Manning down early on, but he he came around. He yeah, he didn't throw the ball deep once until the 10:43 mark. Honestly, he throws a great fucking pass. Uh, a guy drops it, but he gets bailed out by not necessarily bailed out. He gets bailed out in quotes by a, a helmet to helmet call, which was the right call and probably was the reason why the guy didn't come down with it. Does it? Throws another deep ball the next play. Dar absolute money shot. Uh, like. A throw that Jared Goff didn't make often this year. I will say that. Uh, those were really the only, like, two throws worth a damn in the entire game. He was throwing a lot of check downs, a lot of short passes. Most of them were good. Um, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that he is even a good backup. But he might not be a bottom five backup. And I certainly thought he was going into this game. So basically you were saying he wasn't as bad as you were thinking he would be. I thought he was going to be really bad. And he kind of cracks me up. He's number four on the Vikings. Has, has anyone like important worn that number since Brett Favre? It was just funny like watching Sean Mannion trot around in Vikings legend Brett Favre's number. Well, in all fairness, he'll never be, he'll never be considered a Viking. I don't know. Viking fans will consider him a Viking. I guess, but in the grand scheme of things, he was a Packer. He was not a he, he was not a Viking. There, there was a Reddit uh, thread a while a way back when uh, they were building the new stadium, and you could you could buy bricks. Like there was a wall in what is it? U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, there's a wall in the stadium where you could you could purchase a brick like it's a donation to the stadium or whatever. Uh, maybe it was a season ticket holder thing. I don't know. But basically some guy had a brick or he was buying one and he posts on the NFL Reddit page and says, I will put whatever you – whatever the top comment is in this thread on this brick like barring like obscene profanity or whatever. <laughs> the top comment was – in commemoration of Brett Favre, a Viking forever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever go to the stadium, look for that brick. It's it's there. People like people will post it on the Reddit page every couple of months uh, when that when they see it there. I'm not gonna lie. I am kind of intrigued to see that brick. <laughs> I can send you a picture of it later. Uh, it, it does exist, and like that that's the best possible thing you could have put on that brick. Uh, it really cracks me up. It'd be like if uh, if the 49ers stadium did something similar and they put a, a brick commemorating Richard Sherman for being a, a 49er for life. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, even, not Brett Favre, but pretty pretty important part of the Seahawks history. Okay, Johnny, you ready to play? Do we give a shit? Let's do it. Jerry Jerry Jones would like to would like the Cowboys to play the opening game in SoFi Stadium this year. Do we give a shit? You know what? Yes, I I kind of give a shit here just because. Here's the thing: this is a huge game. For the Rams. And really in LA sports really. Because this is going to be opening not only for you know Rams football. But this is kind of the gateway to Los Angeles sports. You know even to future things like the Olympics. If it ever comes to the US. Wait, wait is it? It's coming in... I, I'm like 99% positive it is coming to the U.S. I will confirm that. Uh, okay, so uh, I know the World Cup is eventually coming to the U.S., so there's that. So this this is huge. And this game is going to be the opener, kind of, because there's going to be some concerts beforehand. Uh, but this is the the gateway. And to go up against the Cowboys... 
I kind of give a shit because I feel like that game should be a really, really, really important game for the Rams. You know, so like a rivalry game like against the Seahawks or the 49ers or, you know, something. I mean, yeah, there's the Cowboys and yeah, they, you know, practice together in Oxnard. But really, there's not much significance between the Rams and the Cowboys. And technically, the Rams did open up against the Cowboys. was a preseason game when they moved back to L.A. But do I want it to be against the Cowboys? Not really. Uh, I don't know. Am I am I being thinking a little too much on this, Steve? Do you give a shit? Well, first of all, let me let me uh, let me do my best Derek C. Apollo impression here. There is a lot of Cowboys history with the playoffs, though. They they played. They had a lot of battles back in the day in the playoffs. Mm. That's, uh, <laughs> I know that's what Derek was thinking if he's listening to the podcast, which I'm assuming he's not. Uh, but it's, it's been kind of a dormant rivalry for a while. I mean, primarily because we've been, we were shit for a, a period of time, and then the Cowboys were shit for a period of time, then we went back to being shit. And then when we both got good, we played in the playoffs. Um, I, but I also like, don't necessarily give a shit about Jerry Jones' comments. I agree with you. If I had to pick, I'd probably say, like, I think the 49ers would be the best, but they also, like, don't be surprised if it's, like, the Cardinals because they want a more favorable matchup in their opening game. I'm sure the Rams the Rams will have a little bit of say uh, in that, but I think it should be the 49ers, and it makes the most sense. That's our most storied rivalry, and... It feels right, but I will say I had a dream last night that we opened the stadium in week two in Seattle or against Seattle. I don't know what time the game would be at because I remember laughing in the dream because the only announced time on the Rams schedule was when they played the Cowboys midseason in the America's game of the week because they always play in America's fucking game of the week, the Cowboys, always on TV in that time slot. Um, any non-LA fans know exactly what I'm talking about, but that also definitely won't happen because then the Chargers would open the stadium, right? Because we, I'm guessing uh, somebody true. has to play there every week. Yeah, I, I don't think you want to give that to the Chargers, to <laughs> no. be honest. No, I I can't imagine they go that route. I, I it'll probably be us week one. Hopefully, hopefully against San Francisco. I think that'd be a lot of fun. Win or lose, I think that'd be the that's the right move. Rams showing interest in Jordan Reed, former Redskins tight end, obviously played under Sean McVay for a while. Do we give a shit? Oh boy. Okay, so do I give a shit about Jordan Reed as a player? If we're going back and turning the clock back five, six years ago, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I give a shit. Um, But at the same time, I do kind of give a shit because I don't want to waste the cap space on Jordan Reed. While I do think he has something left to give, don't get me wrong, do I really want to waste that cap space on another fucking tight end? No, not really. Um, this could mean something in in the way of the Rams probably shopping around Gerald Everett if, if it comes to it. But um, even still, like I, I feel like of everything, I know the Rams can't go crazy with shopping this year. But good Lord, can we look at somebody else other than Jordan Reed? I would be forever grateful. And in that regard, I kind of give a shit. So I give, I give half a shit. How about, how does that sound? I think I give half a shit too, but I'm on the opposite side. Like I, I think Jordan Reed is going to get probably a minimum non-guaranteed contract. 
by whoever signs him, if anyone signs him. Like I don't I don't see the downside. What's he gonna do? Take Johnny Munt's spot? Like great. <laughs> Fantastic. I like I I don't think him being on the roster would necessarily mean they have to give him the ball, you know? Like I, I think he knows where he's at in his career. And if if he does have something in the tank, great. If he takes away from Gerald Everett's snaps, whatever. He hasn't earned them. He had his chance to earn them last year and he completely lost the spot to Tyler Higby. Dang. Going savage on him. <laughs> I just like I I don't think you're you're as bad as a lot of people have been. There are people who have been like so adamantly against signing Jordan Reed, like it ain't gonna matter. If if they sign him for like a three million dollar contract, like yeah, that's a waste of money. We don't need to do that. Our t- our tight end situation I think is fine. I'm guessing you agree. Like if we're gonna keep Tyler Higby on the team, he's gonna be the primary tight end. Joe Everett's about as good as it gets for a, a change of pace complimentary tight end. If they want to trade him, a lot of people think they're going to pick up a third-round pick. I, I don't see that happening. You're probably getting like a fourth, if that. Sure. I don't know. I think I don't think you spend a lot of money or draft capital, capital behind Tyler Higbee. And if you do move Gerald Everett, I, don't, I, I would actually welcome a Jordan Reed move on a very cheap contract. Well, yeah, I, I, I wanna, I wanna mention because you brought up a good point. Do I think that the Rams would spend a lot of money on Jordan Reed? Not necessarily, but at the same time, I, I still think that one of the reasons why it's kind of more upsetting with me isn't necessarily the cap space. Consider now, if they do spend that much money on him, then yes, I'll be very pissed off. But it, it's like there's so much other issues. Why focus on tight end? Like I, it just it doesn't compute. Um, because I, I don't even think that Jordan Reed is gonna be a guy that's gonna be signed right away. I mean, I could be wrong, but he might it, not he even doesn't... play. He might never play again. Yeah. So like I, that's what's kind of bothering me is like, why waste the time why waste the resources but again would it be the end of the world no it wouldn't especially if he signs for you know vet minimum that's certainly doable but um yeah if he signs for like three million then then i I, i'm gonna be extremely pissed off yeah I, i can't see it happening don't don't forget that jordan reed's career might have ended because jay gruden played him in a fucking preseason game why would you ever play like a man like a man that should be wrapped in bubble wrap? Maybe the second most fragile player of the last decade behind Sam Bradford. Why would you ever play this dude in year seven in a preseason game? What do you need to see from him out there? Like, are you fucking kidding me? I thought Jay Gruden should have been fired on the spot. And hey, I was right because he got fired a couple weeks later. And if if I remember correctly i don't think he has a job mm-hmm. i don't remember to be honest but hey he, wouldn't it be something if if the rams ended up signing reed and then go after sam bradford <laughs> uh, he first of all uh before i forget jay gruden is the offensive coordinator for the jacksonville jaguars who have been prone over the last couple of years to make great decisions as a franchise and really have been all about uh, caring for their players, clearly, as everyone who left there has been devastated to leave Jacksonville uh, because they oh, loved yeah. it so much. Second of all, <laughs> dude, I'd welcome Sam Bradford as our backup quarterback. I don't give a fuck. I'll say it. I don't think anyone will agree with me. I'd be fine with it. I I wouldn't necessarily mind it from his skill point of view or from even an experience point of view. I'd be just fucking terrified if something happened to Jared Goff because not that I don't think Sam Bradford can hold his own but I'd be just counting down the minutes before this guy trips over a pebble and tears his ACL (laughs) yeah I mean I for what it's worth I I do not think Sam Bradford will ever play in the NFL again uh and I think mainly by by choice um like I can't imagine if if he was like yeah I'll take a million dollars a year to be a backup I I can't imagine somebody wouldn't sign him. 
Like I just watched tape of Sean Mannion playing. You know what I mean? Like somebody, <laughs> somebody would sign Sam Bradford, but he has made so much money in his career. There'd be absolutely no point in this dude playing in the NFL ever again, unless like he gets offered like a Jay Cutler Miami type contract, which for reasons you just said, nobody's ever going to do that. Yeah, no. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and then we will continue. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Okay, we're continuing. Sean McVay said Corey, keeping Corey Littleton is a priority. Uh, I'm going to start here, Johnny. I do not give a shit about this at all. He said that about Jermaine Johnson, Rodney McLeod, Janoris Jenkins, probably said it about like Nadamik and Sue. It uh, means nothing. Means absolutely nothing. Of course, he's a priority. Why wouldn't he be? I'm sure Sean. Mc, uh, I'm sure Sean McVay said the same thing about Sean Mannion as well. You know, all right. <laughs> I just, Probably. And just I, just to correct myself, Les Snead said that Sean Mannion or Jesus, Sean McVay wasn't here when Tremaine Johnson, Rodney McLeod, and Jonas Jenkins are here. <laughs> Yeah, you know, these kinds of things, especially coming from a head coach, doesn't necessarily mean much. Uh, I mean, not even from a general manager, even. You know, it, it doesn't really mean much at all. That's that's like saying, you know, yeah, uh, we like Aaron Donald. You know, the, it's it's not a question of whether or not they want to bring back Corey Littleton. Obviously, they'd love to have Corey Littleton back. It's whether or not they can actually do it, you know. Um, so until it starts talking like contract negotiations or, you know, at least something fundamental to that area, yeah, I don't I don't really give a shit. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Donald, he's a nice player. We like having him on the team. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, great. it could be like – Wires. <laughs> it, could be, it could be like the Jack Wires, and they'll be like, "Yeah, we'd love to have him on the team. Let's go ahead and trade him." <laughs> we didn't pay Odell Beckham to trade him. Uh, yes, you did, Giants. <laughs> uh, the Rams have been meet, meeting with running backs, scouting running backs at the combine. Uh, they met with Utah running back Zach Moss, App State running back. Darrington Evans. Uh, do we give a shit about this? Uh, I'm going to go with half a shit on this one again. Just because <sighs> this one's hard to answer because in my personal opinion, unless the Rams end up trading Todd Gurley, which by all accounts doesn't seem very likely, I... Uh, it, this one kind of confuses me just because Todd Gurley is going to be the bell cow. Uh, they ha he has to be the bell cow at this point. And even if he isn't the bell cow per se, they have two very reliable backups in Malcolm Brown. And Daryl well, Henderson is still very young, but still I trust Daryl Henderson. And, you know, there's there all three of them are still under contract. And like I said, unless Todd Gurley somehow is traded, this seems very weird to me. And the reason why I say very weird is because at first I didn't necessarily believe that the Rams were going to draft a running back last year, or at least not very high. And then they ended up trading uh, and, and well, they did trade actually technically, uh, but they ended up you know, drafting Daryl Henderson. So if they continue to show interest in a running back, I'm just curious which running back they go with, because they ended up looking at guy like Moss 
and this is a guy that's highly touted that could be in the in the first you know two rounds here. I I don't know. It's just it's weird to me to continue to look at running backs when there are so many other needs. I know it's not always good to look at drafting, you know, based on needs, but at the same time, I can't see wasting your time in looking at running back. Again, this could be part of a bigger elaborate scheme. I couldn't put it past, you know, less need because if he ends up trading Todd Gurley, then it all makes sense. And I figure if anyone can do it, it'll be less need who just seems to master everything with trading. I, I at this point, I feel like he's going to trade his meal. He's going to trade his wife. OK, maybe not that much. I mean, seriously, the guy's he, he, he's freaking genius at trading. So, yeah, that's that's all I got for you. I give half a shit. How about you, Steve? I don't give a shit. Call me in eight weeks. They're doing their due diligence. <laughs> like they're meeting with guys. I, I don't. I don't really care what they're meeting with. Uh, do your due diligence. You know. I don't think they necessarily. I don't know this. Like obviously, I have no fucking clue. I. I don't think they went into the twenty nineteen draft saying we need to get a running back in the first three rounds. I think they saw Daryl Henderson on the board. They did their homework. They liked him a lot. They said, let's do it. Let's draft him. Uh, you never know with, with Todd Gurley. Uh, if they draft a running back, different topic, but I, I don't meet with whoever they want. You know, I, I think you meet with anybody you have any remote interest in. And if they do take a running back, maybe Todd Gurley isn't on the team anymore. Maybe they move Malcolm Brown for a, for a mid to late round pick in the same draft. Wouldn't it be surprising? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't care. <laughs> Steve has uh, never been a huge uh, person in in like researching the draft or anything. He's just not his thing. I'm I'm very open about it. I don't watch a lot of college football. I watch the Rams a lot. I try to talk about what I'm qualified to talk about. So we will be bringing in people smarter than me to talk about the draft come April, uh, for sure. We will give you draft coverage. And it ain't gonna be for me. I, yeah, I get, to, but I I do agree. Like, if the the whole slate of running backs here, and like a guy like Zach Moss, who, based on the information you just told me, is looking like he could go in the second round, if he's there in the third round, maybe you do it because you did your homework and you really like him a lot, and you think he'd be a great player. You know, Todd Gurley has an out after next season, so even if you take that guy, and he's backs up Todd Gurley for a couple seasons couple seasons whatever i trust him sean mcveigh another another question from the combine interviews when he was asked if he'd ever incorporate a fullback into the offense he said absolutely i kind of i kind of give a shit about this uh he did not have to answer with something like absolutely and based on what but i read it he didn't say uh Rich Hammond asked if he'd ever incorporate a fullback in the offense. It wasn't like, would you think about it? He goes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's early March. I'm like, I'm reading the tea leaves here where there's probably nothing there. But he, he's never said anything like that before. I, I give a shit. Maybe we'll get a fullback. Uh, I would absolutely love a fullback, to be honest. I feel like it's a, a forgotten position and you know if you get a really good fullback they can be extremely helpful and to be quite frank you know the Rams could use all the help they can get especially with run blocking so I'm all for it I say why not I I definitely give a shit you know um would I lose sleep over it if they you know Sean McVay, you know, does a press conference and says, ha ha, just kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm never bringing back fullbacks. Uh, no, I wouldn't necessarily care either because what's going to end up happening is if you don't run a fullback, you're probably going to end up running two tight ends just like how they did last year. So, yeah, if, if that means 
you know, having a fullback there or just kind of even splitting time between two tight end sets and, and a fullback, why not? I'm all for it, you know, and I, I like the idea of kind of changing the scenery a little bit to maybe make, you know, the offense flow a little bit better. So, yeah, I definitely give a shit. The two tight two end thing worked pretty well last year, won us a game. Uh, and if you're sitting there thinking, why would the Rams waste a roster spot on a fullback who they're not going to use that much? They've wasted a roster spot on Mike Thomas for the last four years. So they could do it. You know, they got the they got the bandwidth there. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Kevin Demoff wore a red and blue L.A. Rams logo hat the other day. Uh, <laughs> do we give a shit? And I could we could even parlay this into do we give a shit about any of Kevin Demoff's uh, uniform talk over the past month? I give half a shit just because in a way I'm kind of anxious like some of these other fans that are just completely falling into his uh, his trolls here. Um, I, I'm very anxious. Now, am I pounding on you know the front office's door? saying, please, please show me these colors. No, because in reality, we're going to see it in the next few months. So am I, am, I really, am I really giving a full shit? Probably not. It's probably one that's going to cut in half, you know? Yeah, sorry about that visual. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay enough for the visual uh, yeah I, I, I am not going to lie though I, I am very intrigued with this uh, with, with the colors and the whole uniform just because the whole thing is don't fuck it up just you know do us all a favor and not fuck up the uniforms heading into what's essentially a new chapter for the LA Rams yeah, uh, for what it's worth, Rich Hammond reported today today that the Rams' current plan is to introduce the new logo and colors before the draft and the full the full kit. Get my British football on after the draft. Uh, I shouldn't say British football. I should say rest of the world football. Um, yeah, I. I'm a little torn here because I don't give a shit about this whole situation. We'll get the uniforms when we get them. They're not gonna. They're not gonna go into the season wearing mystery colors. You know, what I mean, we're gonna know eventually, uh, and before the draft, at least we'll know the colors because they got to do the hats. But <laughs> I do think it's hilarious. Did you see a picture of Kevin Demoff in this hat? Yes, I did. <laughs> I, it was... Dude. <laughs> I I seen some of the things like on his uh on the TikTok where he did like that whole Frozen 2 bit. I was like I was dying when I saw that. <laughs> the hat is so funny. It just got red all over it. Uh I I love how much fun he's having with it. Uh it, <laughs> people are getting people are getting riled up about it. Uh but the hat was so funny. Uh <laughs> like the top comment in the Reddit thread says Oh my guy, this is next level. And the bottom of the thread says, "I've grown to really hate them off over this uniform fiasco." He's literally being an asshole to the fans about it. <laughs> like, come on, guys, relax. That was something. <laughs> Grab uh, a beer. I mean, shit. <laughs> calm down. It's literally the beginning of March. All right, we got a, we got a long way to go. Uh. What else we got? Isaac Bruce said that his Rams were better than the Chiefs from a personnel and mentality standpoint, uh, but thought it was a fair comparison to compare the Chiefs to his Rams back in the day. This is the I most mean, Mar- this is the most early March topic we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, I definitely give a shit because I think he's absolutely correct. I don't think anyone could really truly argue that, you know, the greatest show on turf was better than the Kansas City Chiefs offense this past Super Bowl run. It's just, it's not even close. 
so I do kind of give a shit if people are, you know, saying otherwise. But, um, and, you know, I, I got to back up Isaac Bruce. I mean, hey, he, he, I, I got to back him up. He, he's the rev. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like, I, like, I don't, I, well, I guess I'm about to talk about it, so maybe I do give a shit about the story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, he said that there that that Rams team's defense was better. I, I think it's close because that Chiefs defense was real good. It was a real underrated defense. Uh, but he also mentioned the running game was better, which I think is puts the Rams over the top. Um, For sure, Marshall Falk versus Damian Williams is just literally <laughs> like a comical sentence. Uh, I think the Rams had better passing game weapons, although Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and then like the likes of our boy Sammy Watkins, uh Michael Hardman. It, it's closer than you'd think in theory. And honestly, and this is gonna sound batshit insane, like Pat Mahomes might be as good, if not better, over the last few years than Kurt Warner was during his first two years with the Rams. I don't think that's insane to say. Like he, he's putting up ungodly numbers. Like that dude is nuts. Uh, I I can definitely agree with that. I think uh, Patrick Mahomes, you can say, is a better quarterback than Kurt Warner was. I, I think that would be fair. Um, but can you really say that? Would you rather have Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins over Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt? Hell no. Well, uh, well, you gotta you gotta factor in Kelsey too because would you rather have Ernie Conwell over Travis Kelsey? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, I I like I I like uh, Travis Kelsey a lot, and um, clearly he's the better tight end over Ernie Conwell. But I I still think you're looking at at Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, two surefire Hall of Fame. Well, I mean Bruce is already a Hall of Famer. Torrey Holt's not far behind him. I when I think of Tyree Kill and and Sammy Watkins, they are fine players. They are really good players. But are they? Would you ever even really think of them as Hall of Famers at this point in time? No. And I realize they still have a long way to go. But I just they don't scream Hall of Famers to me like when you think of Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. And Travis Kelsey, yeah, you could probably consider him, you know, despite him being so young. Uh, and Ernie Conwell's nowhere near there. So, for me, I'm, I'm still thinking the weapons are better. Uh, and then it's not even just Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. Thinking back to their their backups, which was guys like Az Hakim, who in his own right was really good. Ricky Prohl was really good as well. You know, Um all the weapons considered, no doubt in my mind that the Rams' greatest show on turf era was way better than the Chiefs' offense. Well, I think uh, I think you are underrating Tyree Kill a little bit. I mean, honestly, I, he he could be on a on a Hall of Fame trajectory, but he, it's too early to tell. Uh, players players fall off quite a bit, but he's he's been really good for for his whole career. Uh, and I think he, they have the Chiefs were pretty deep at receiver as well, and then the tight end thing as we talked about. But like we mentioned earlier, the the, run, the running back is what what separates these two to me uh, pretty clearly. And also, you know, the, the the Chiefs were probably better last year. Like I don't I don't think that's that's wild to say. No, but, I don't I don't think it's wild to say. And I think if if you're sitting here still thinking about the Mahomes and Kurt Warner comparison, in the first two years of their careers as starters, they both played a year, didn't play. Kurt Warner had 62 touchdowns as opposed to, sorry, I'm doing the math in my head right now, 62 touchdowns, 31 interceptions. Pat Mahomes had 76 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. And uh, that was in three more games, I think. Yep, but way, way less interceptions. Um, 
more yards. I don't know. He's he's playing at at like incomprehensibly good levels right now. Uh, like for your first year as a starter, if he keeps this up, he literally may go. If he keeps this up, he's going to go down as the best quarterback to ever play. Uh, is he going to keep it up over eighteen years? No, probably not. Totally. He's probably not going to go down as the best quarterback to ever play, but you could literally say he's in the conversation. Like, he can do that. It's it's not a crazy thing to say. No, definitely not. All right. my uh, We're really reaching here. This will be the last topic. <laughs> Nick Scott, Ram safety rookie. Talking about how he was honing in on his defensive back craft since he's just trying to become better every day and really work on it. Uh, it's only This was only his third season as a defensive back. He used to play running back. Do, do you give a shit about Nick Scott's development? That sounds so bad. Um, you know what? I kind of do. Uh, I <laughs> I kind of do, man. He, he seems like he's going to be a good special teamer and – you know, Roddy McLeod was a, started out as a good special teamer, became a really good safety. Maybe I don't think Nick Scott's going to get there, but I didn't think Roddy McLeod was going to get there. You know, I give a shit. Good for him. I uh, hope he's on the team for a long time and is good. I, I I'm gonna say I give half a shit uh, just because I, I I appreciate a hard worker. I think every team will agree with that. You know, you want this kind of mentality on your team. And to, to get that in a guy that was basically designated to be your special teamer, uh, to hone his craft, to try and um, do something better than what he was expected to do, why not? And who knows, maybe develops into something uh, better than even he expected, you know? Uh, so I do give half a shit because if he turns out to be, uh, you know, very good then it's definitely worth our attention and uh but for now i'd say the other half is because it he's a special teamer at best and uh i i i'm still a little still a little skeptical i'm not gonna lie but that's why there's preseason to at least see what he's capable of my mic uh, stand just collapsed, but yeah, I'm a, I, I, I I I'm somewhat excited to see when Nick Scott becomes. I hope I hope he becomes the new Matthew Slater. I said that on a podcast last year, and then somebody compared him to Matthew Slater, which was great. Uh, hey, last thing before we depart, you see there's there's a new highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Ah, Tony, I I didn't see it, Tony but Romo. I'm a, Hundred eighty million over ten years from CBS. Hey, <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie. I was expect I was expecting a Dallas quarterback, but I wasn't expecting uh, Romo. The people are saying they might franchise Dak. Like they gotta just pay him, man. Because once, like the one saving grace from. I guess the golf thing outside the fact that we have him locked up for a couple of years, like if you're pro golf, if you're anti golf, the saving grace is that once this Pat Mahomes extension happens, the landscape is just going to be fucked because he is going to get so much fucking money from the Chiefs. And I, I believe next year is when when that will most likely happen. Uh, it could happen this offseason, but they'll probably, they'll probably wait a year. Uh, but he is going to be making – like he's gonna shatter whatever the highest paid player record is. Uh, two years as a starter, MVP first year, Super Bowl MVP the second. It's 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 a wrap. If I'm the Cowboys, I'm paying Dak like now, so you don't have to deal with that. If you got to pay him thirty five million a year, sure. If you got to pay him forty million a year, you, you think about it. You might. He's good. I I. I, I've kind of been pounding the drum that Dak Prescott is good enough to win with, and that's all that matters in this league. Uh, and you could restart if you wanted with a cheaper quarterback, but you don't know if that guy's going to be good enough to win. That's true. That's Those are all good points. Uh, I, personally, I, I'm not a huge fan of da- Dak Prescott. I feel like there are better quarterbacks out there. 
But given what the Cowboys have to work with, you know, that's probably going to be as good as it gets because um, unless you want to do a rental with Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers, which I'm not sure if that's really an upgrade, uh, they're kind of stuck with them. So you might as well pay them. God, you just made me realize that Tom Brady in a Cowboys uniform is probably the worst possible outcome of the season, the off season. <laughs> I just, I just do not want to see that. I do, well, I do not want that. There's rumors swirling around that uh, the Forty ers are considering uh, getting Tom Brady. <laughs> I would love that. Just. Just to see the the thing with Jimmy G. Where do you think where do you think Tom Brady goes? You know, I'm thinking Tom Brady ends up in uh, either. Uh, I almost said San Diego. Uh, I <laughs> L A Chargers. The L A Chargers. I still. I'm sorry. They're still San Diego to me. But yeah, I'm either thinking either the Chargers or the Colts. Which would be funny seeing him in a Colts uniform. Yeah, I, I think it's the Chargers too, man. Uh, him, yeah, him playing on the Colts would be insane. <laughs> uh, like, imagine telling somebody four years ago that the Los Angeles Chargers would move on from Phil Rivers and sign Tom Brady. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's still insane, but that's a very likely possibility. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it seems it would make the most sense for both sides. Although I don't think Tom Brady's very good anymore. But I, if you're the Chargers, you you need something to fill fill our. You need something to fill the Rams stadium, and Tom Brady would probably do it. Uh, that's the closest thing to a transcendent player we have in the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah, the, it would definitely bring in a crowd. Yeah. And maybe he'll have something to prove. Maybe he still has something left in the tank. I'm inclined to believe he's not quite not quite there. But okay. That's all. We're gonna wrap it up. We're we're at fifty minutes. It's the off season. Free agency discussion will start soon, probably next week. Uh but until then, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams, at C Rubero, at Johnny Five Not Six and Anything you want us to talk about next week, let us know. We will be back then. We'll talk to you soon. What's up, everybody? Finally got that cat I've been talking about, but I never had one before. Any tips? control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. The NBA is back. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? And 30 feet is still in range. Where else is history? Still in the make. The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV.